raw, uncut, and unapologetic. Welcome to Men Talking Mindfulness with your hosts John McCaskill and Will Schneider. Here we focus on helping men and those with men in their lives solve some of life's complex challenges through understanding the practices of mindfulness and how they can help. Each episode is in an environment free of judgment and criticism with a focus on authenticity and inner peace. Let's dig in. Right. Failure. Failure has been one of the biggest teachers of my life. Failure has taught me lessons and given me experiences that no amount of money could ever buy. That's from our guest on today's show, William Branham, former Navy SEAL, CEO of Five SEAL Secrets and Naked Warrior Recovery Supplements. Hello, everyone. I'm John McCaskill. Welcome to Men Talking Mindfulness, or MTM, where each week my co-host, Will Schneider and myself, we work to break down and demystify an aspect of mindfulness and make it meaningful to you. Today, we'll be talking with William, William Branham, and Will Schneider, my co-host, about the SEAL secrets, vulnerability, overcoming challenges, and growing and recovering. But first, I'm going to turn it over to Will for some announcements. Will, how you doing, brother? Uh, Great. Well, I'm doing well. Thank you so much. First announcement, everybody. It is John McCaskill's birthday over there. I think he's 45. So happy birthday to our 45 to our co-host, John McCaskill. Uh, We'll have a little uh, birthday celebration later in the show with William, who we're going to bring on in a moment. But first, a couple announcements. Hey, if you are looking to access, understand mindfulness and deepen your practice of mindfulness. We still have openings for our mindfulness adventure retreat in Durango, Colorado on September 16th to the 19th. This also includes, if you sign up for this retreat, a four-week post-retreat integration program, which we're going to work virtually. Uh, so we're not just leaving you you know, dry with all these amazing epiphanies and insights from the retreat, but we're actually going to work for four weeks after the retreat so you can experience mindfulness on a deeper level and begin to weave it into your life instead of it being an idea it actually becomes a way of being and experience for you and also hey do you have you need help managing your money long financial group is here to help you maximize your money and make it work for you head to longfg.com and set up a call with ej and his expert financial advisors who have been helping their clients maximize their money for over 25 plus years. You actually might remember EJ. He's a really been a friend of mine. Well, I think we may have lost Will there. <laughs> All right. So, hey, it's, it's John McCaskill here, and I'm just going to continue rolling until Will comes back. But, hey, so what, what Will, Will was covering was that EJ had been on the show. EJ Long, a financial advisor, we've had him on the show. Fantastic stuff. Uh, he's got 25-plus years in that, in that world. Solid guy. And uh, we'd love for you to, if you need help managing your finances, log on to longfg.com. So, all right, that said, we'll wait for Will to come on the show. We'll bring William Branham on the show now and i'm going to go through your bio here all right let me go ahead and disconnect will while he figures things out william thanks for thanks for having me finally it only took like uh, i don't know like a year and a half to get on your show (laughs) (laughs) hey man stay busy we do but (laughs) i like it what time is it out there in hawaii 
It's uh, 6.40 right now. 6.40, well. I totally well, planned so. on getting up earlier this morning, and I have no idea, like, that my 5 o'clock alarm did not go off, or I just turned it off and don't remember it. So <laughs> that's my excuse. The alarm didn't go off. The dog ate my homework. There you go. There you go. Well, hey, and there's Will back. He's back, so welcome back, okay, Will. thank God. Oof. I know you're, uh, you're operating in a different place, so your connectivity may come in and out. But bottom line is I covered a quick uh, down and dirty on Long Financial, brought William up on the show, and now I'm going to go through his bio. So William is a retired Navy SEAL and SEAL sniper instructor. He's the founder of Naked Warrior Recovery, a CBD company focusing on He is a public speaker and coach where he shares his five SEAL secrets and draws from his 26 years of experience in the SEAL teams to train CEOs and other high performers. From the battlefield to the boardroom, he teaches leaders how to lead like they are leading a SEAL team. He focuses on the culture of the organization to help turn employees into team members. So it's my birthday. All right, all right, all right. Let's get naked. Let's no, go. Yes. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yes. Hold on. Do All I right, have to do that too? My microphone will fall out of my shirt. Hold on. Hold on. That's not the kind of naked we're talking about. Oh, that's, that's, so we should keep your shirts on, William? Is that you don't do this like when you do like CEOs, they don't get naked? No. Well, that it depends what CEO we're talking about. Oh, okay. So we should. Okay, I'm gonna put my shirt back on. All right. Teamwork. Give me team. Yeah, team player stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll spare everybody the. Uh, All the right. You guys are boring. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh, I can't even hear you anyway. All right. Wait, where'd you go? There we are. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, guys. After ripping our shirts off. Uh, Why wow, you guys did that fast too? You were ready to get naked. Oh, I know. That was that was impressive. So hey, it's like you can have a whole nother career, but you got to slow it down. I think. Yeah, I've always wanted like, to do a, chipping there's tails. There's a cadence there. The cadence there it has to be a little slower. That's I think. Right. I'm not 100 percent sure, but excited. I'm. <laughs> so hey, uh, William, if you haven't ever watched the show, the way that Will and I kick this off is we kind of bookend the show with a, a mindfulness uh, or meditation grounding practice at the beginning of the show, and then another one at the end of the show. So Will's going to lead us off on that. We both need it again after ripping our shirts off. Hey, if you're listening to this podcast, you could have come back and watch this because, uh, yeah, that was a super <laughs> moment in time. I'm not wearing pants, by the way, just so you know. Oh, I do have pants on. awesome. <laughs> I'm going commando if that means anything. Okay. I'm just going <laughs> right. to. Hey, Will, right. one almost down, brother. Okay. Yeah. All right. We're all getting excited. Two Williams and John and his birthday. This is a big day for us. Big day. Uh, all right, everybody. Yeah, close the eyes if you can. Ground your hands, ground your feet. Uh, and let's just start with just, we're just going to do a five breath refresh. That's all we're going to do. Let's start with a nice exhale all the way out, emptying out of the mouth and really pull your navel in and get all that breath out of your body and take a big inhale through your nose. Feel that balloon filling bottom, middle, top of the chest and exhale out your mouth. Good. Four more. Big giant breath in. Keep going. Inhale. Exhale out. Good. Keep that chest open and up. Chin level. Inhale again. Exhale out. Two more. Big giant breath. Inhale. 
Push it out. One more in. Exhale. Let's just come back. Stay for a moment. Just a few normal breaths in and out through your nose. We're really trying to create a calm and peaceful experience of the breath. It's a way of getting into that deeper, calm, cooler, connected self just by slowing the breath down, being mindful of the breath, connecting to the breath, and using the breath as a tool for our transformation into peace, into more grounding, into that deeper connection to ourselves in this moment. And keep going. So I love using the breath and creating a peaceful inner environment. So maybe the world seems like more of a peaceful place. When we come back, opening our eyes, maybe some of those micro movements. William, I don't know if you should do some laps or something, you know, to get woken up a little more. I don't know if you need that. Uh, William's come. You're in Hawaii, right, William? Just to be clear. Is that yeah, right? That's correct. In Hawaii. Yes, sir. Well, I am so happy that you're joining us from so far away. So thank you for being here. And uh, let's jump right in. John, um, uh, go for it, man, or, or I can yeah, well, jump I mean, in. I'm always, I have a question. I did a quick, did a quick bio there, right, William? But, you know, that's your professional bio. Uh, let's, let's get to know you a little bit better for the audience. Uh, why don't you give us a quick once-over of basically who you are and how you came to be right here, right now, um, maybe going a little bit back into your childhood, uh, your education, your family life, the Navy, and what you're doing since. Sure. Uh, let's see. So I'm originally from a little town outside of Meridian, Mississippi. Uh, I was a very poor kid, you know, mm -hmm. uh, free lunches and all that good stuff. Uh, a mediocre mindset. I, I've kind of discovered mm -hmm. that I, I had sort of this mediocre mindset, which is interesting based off the, the, the job that we had and, and some of the things that I'm doing now. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I, I, I didn't do that well in school, mostly because I didn't, I can make all sorts of excuses. I didn't apply myself. I have ADD, uh, which I found out later when I went to NICO later on in the Navy. Um, I thought I was just dumb, but I always took the, the, like the AP classes and things like that, uh, mostly because that's where the, the pretty girls were. Um, <laughs> you got to have, <laughs> um, no, it's got to be a reason for your education. So let's just make a good one. Um, heavily involved in the Boy Scouts. I was an Eagle Scout. Uh, again, I was, you know, we were poor, but uh, the, the Boy Scout Association that I was a part of, I worked at the Boy Scout camp and then there was a national jamboree and they paid for me to go to this national jamboree. And when I was a kid, I always knew that I wanted to be part of some sort of elite military organization. Not really sure what that was. I watched, you know, John Rambo. I watched John Wayne. He was a Green Beret in Vietnam. Uh, Chuck Norris was in a movie called Delta Force where they're shooting like rockets off of dirt bikes. That was yeah, cool. That was cool. Um, yeah. <laughs> I still haven't had a chance to do that yet. Um, and yeah. so, yeah. yeah, exactly. So I, I've always had like, I always knew I wanted to do something like Last of the Mohicans was an awesome movie. I could never wrap my head around like why guys would stand on the battlefield, like Civil War style, just like facing one another with muskets. I'm like, I want to be the guy that's off in the tree line, like shooting people, you know, kind of outflanking. And so that was always my, my mindset as a kid. And, uh, and then I went to this national jamboree and I met this other kid who was like, yeah, I'm going to be a, an F-14 Tomcat pilot when I grow up. I'm going to go to the Naval Academy and I'm going to be a Navy SEAL. And I was like, oh, that's cool. What's a Navy SEAL? 
Uh, and he's, he explained the whole thing to me. And I was like, yep, that's what I want to do. I came back from that, um, from that uh, jamboree. Two weeks later, the Navy recruiter called my house and said, hey, man, have you ever thought about joining the Navy? And quite honestly, like almost all of my family has been in the Navy. So I was like, hell no. I mean, that was what I, my internal monologue was saying. But I was like, uh, but I want to be a Navy SEAL. Is there any way I can like become a Navy SEAL and not join the Navy? Nope, that's, that's the route you got to take. So I, I went down to the recruiting office. They showed me a really cheesy video. Uh, and my goal was to become a Navy SEAL, go to the Naval Academy, which I completely forgot about till right now. Uh, and become an F-14 Tomcat pilot. I got one out of three, but not it bad. still was not an. It wasn't an easy, uh, an easy transition there. I, uh, you know, my my grades weren't good enough to 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 do the whole college thing in the Navy, or at least that wasn't my focus. Um, I uh, my hearing was not good enough to become a pilot, so that was already out the window. They're like, oh, you have to like, you know, I grew up like shooting guns and loud lawnmowers and stuff like that and my so my hearing was already terrible when i joined the navy and it just got worse from there um but uh so i joined the navy in the delayed entry program graduated high school went to boot camp uh failed the seal screening test the first time i took it went to gunner's mate a school and i was like well it's winter here in chicago i don't really like getting up early clearly i didn't even get up early for this call uh, I, I, somehow you made it <laughs> i bet, rolled out of bed and like right into the right into the camera um and uh and it's cold and it's dark and it's scary and oh i'm i'm high enough ranked in the class i'll go to this other school for four more months and uh and then i'll go to buds this was my thinking i didn't talk to anyone about it this is what just kind of what i had my plan and so i went to virginia beach i went to uh, uh, school to learn how to work on missile launchers for tomahawk missiles and i'm like okay i'm ready to take the screening test to go to buds and they're like why you're going to the ship in japan i was like well what if i fail out of the school they're like you're still going to go to that ship in japan because that's what you you know that's how this whole thing works so uh so i went to that ship in japan for you know i had 24 months of obligated service uh you know i Went, I did the whole mess cranking thing, KP duty, and to me that was harder than buds. Uh, yeah, so three months quick, of, quick, of, quick, of yeah. watching dishes. Yeah, go ahead. For for the audience, so mess cranking for those who've never been in the military, that means like sitting sitting in the the chow hall serving the the, the chow, <laughs> the same as KP duty. The, what is that? Kitchen patrol. Uh, Kitchen duty, patrol. Uh, washing uh, dishes, like washing not dishes. like not like dishes at your house. I mean, like things that are this big. Yeah. And yeah, and uh, would, it was terrible. Would that be considered like a, a humbling experience? You know what I mean? Did they do that to kind of like you know? Because I haven't been in the military. Do they give you a job like that just to kind of like you know like kind of dissolve your ego a little bit, or it's just to fuck with you or Somebody's something? Do it. You know, no, it's just it. like it's it's got to get done. Hey, new guy, yeah. ready to go. <laughs> and rank has its privileges. There were guys that would show up. And I was like an E2. They would show up, and because of the school they went to, they got E4 out of, you know, out of the out of their school. So they got to skip doing that stuff. <laughs> the junior enlisted, they do all the hard work. So I was a junior enlisted guy, and I got to go. I was lucky enough to go get to do it, which is interesting. In the SEAL teams, we don't care what your rank is. If you're just a new guy, you're going to go do the hard stuff anyway. <laughs> you're taking out the trash. You're doing all that other stuff. So, yeah, uh, we we don't care. Um, new guy, ready to go. Um, it's just, you know, you gotta, you gotta earn your stripes more or less. Uh, so, so I did that 
uh, I rode on a ship. When it was time for me to, you know, my time on the ship was nearly up. I called the my the guy who tells me where I'm going to go next, my detailer. Uh, you know, John, you're on the call, so I'm like, oh yeah, well, I'm just going to talk Navy and yeah, I'll right. Back down and use use regular language. Um, who who dictates where I go next? And he says, and I said, hey, I'm going to just let you know. I'm you know, this is a courtesy call. I'm being courteous to this chief or senior chief, uh, <laughs> and. Uh, to let you know that I'm going to drop a package because uh, to go become a Navy SEAL. And he was like, that's great that you want to do that. I appreciate the call, but you're not going to become a Navy SEAL. You did this. You went to the school for four months over here in Virginia Beach to work on that missile launcher system. Uh, that makes you too critical for me to let go. And so mm -hmm. you're never going to go become a Navy SEAL. And I tried to use reason. I was like, well, what if like I go? What if I fail? Then you have me back. Or if you don't let me go, I'll get out. He was like, okay, get out. We'll see. And so uh, he called my bluff. Yep. And so, and so I, you know, I, I continued to get like letters of recommendation and everyone like people were supportive, but that one guy said, no, you're, you're not going to go. Um, and then one day the, the chief of Naval operations came to my ship in Yokosuka, Japan. There's about, there was 15 or so ships in Japan. He only came to my ship in Yokosuka, Japan. And people were like, hey, you should ask him if he'll let you go to Bud's. And I was like, mm -hmm. okay, what do I know? I'm like, and so he get, comes to the ship. We have a big, you know, big CNOs call. This is my vision of the Navy, blah, 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 whatever. Um, does anyone have any questions? <laughs> <laughs> and so he calls on me and he is, and I was like, I, you know, I joined the Navy to become a Navy SEAL. I think I deserve a chance to go. My detailer won't let me go. He says, I'm too critical. Uh, what do you think? And he turns to my commanding officer and he says, is he a good guy? My CEO said, I, fortunately, I told my CEO I was going to do this. He was like, go for it, man. Um, and back then, and John, you'll understand this. I was, this was before, uh, you know, surface warfare, like enlisted guys had to like do, get their surface warfare pin. Yeah. I was in East E4 Wasp. and I got my, my ESWAS and uh, but, like there were chiefs that didn't have it. And so that was like, I think I was more proud of that than I was when I got my trident. But uh, so he, he you know, he, my CEO says, yeah, he's a, he's a good, he's, uh, he was a sailor of the quarter this quarter, which is like employee of the month for those of you who, who, uh, who don't know what that means. It's, you know, cause I did a good job sweeping or whatever. And uh, he turns back to me and he's <laughs> Cleaning like, those dishes, you'll man. You'll be in the first class, Spick right? Spick exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you'll be in the first class after your PRD, which is planned rotational date. Six weeks later, I'm off to California to, to SEAL training. And it nice. only took me a short 13 months to get through that six month block of training. <laughs> I think, I think a lot of folks takes more than six months, man. Right. That's crazy. So basically if the CNO had not come to the ship, chances are your career trajectory would have been completely different. It would have been very different. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I would have wow. still figured it out, but um, yeah, it, it would have taken me longer to get there for sure. Yeah. So then you start just that. The uh, teams. Yeah. I'm sorry, John. Yeah. So you serve in the SEAL teams uh, for the, the remainder of your career. What are some of the things you did? Then once you got out, how did you get to where you are doing naked warrior recovering in the five? SEAL so, team? yeah. So it's interesting. The uh, like, John, you and I share some SEAL teams. We were probably at some of the same teams at the same time, just not knowing yeah. it, just sort of crossing paths in the, in the darkness. Um, I started off at, at SEAL Delivery Vehicle Team 2. I did five years there. Uh, I went from there, and I taught sniper school for a while. I came back, and I did, you know, I was actually 
teaching sniper school when 9-11 happened. I was the, I was the, the senior sniper instructor on the ground when 9-11 happened. I was a new-ish E6. I didn't know that much. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't the senior guy. I just happened to be the senior instructor. And, and uh, you know, uh, Dave Johnston was the, was the OIC, and he was off. They were trying to accredit the course, bring it under the center, and make it like a, you know, uh, make it official Navy course. And so he was off doing that. And, uh, and so I was the senior instructor and then nine 11 happened. And then I was like, and then guys are like, what are we going to do? What do we need to do? Turn it into me. And I'm like, bro, I don't know. I, I don't like you're more, se- like they're all more senior to me. Um, and so I called back to, to group two, back to the headquarters. And I said, Hey, what do we do? Do we need to go to New York and like help with the recovery render medical aid? What do we need to do? And they said, continue training, like take the rest of the day off, continue training, because we're going to probably need those uh, skill sets at some point. And then, you know, uh, after that, we started deploying to, uh, to Afghanistan and then later on to Iraq. Um, for me, I went from teaching sniper school to group two, doing the air mobility thing, because my wife at the time wanted, uh, wanted me to get out of the military, wanted me to be around more. Um, hmm. And so I took shore duty. I did that. I went from there to SEAL Team 10. Uh, actually, from shore duty, I deployed to Afghanistan in 2003, uh, which was great because, you know, I, I got a lot of experience in close quarters combat, a lot of, you know, kind of land warfare experience, a lot of uh, ground mobility uh, vehicle experience, which I didn't have coming from an SDV background. I knew how to do like four or eight guys, you know, from yeah. an SDV and do a lot of reconnaissance, a lot of sniper stuff. We didn't do a lot of like real SEAL team stuff. Again, again, William, for uh, for the audience. So. The SEAL delivery vehicle or the SDV um, is what we, uh, we still have them, but we, we're using different things now. But um, they're, they're basically little little submarines. It looks like a miniature submarine, um, oh, but cool. you are not dry in them. You're diving in them. Inside of it is wet and you're on oxygen, you're on a mask or you're on some type of regulator the whole time. Um, it's, uh, it's one of the uh, few mission sets that the Navy SEALs and the Navy SEALs only do. Um, you know, the, the, uh, the special forces, the Marine Raiders, the uh, PJs, all the different special operations communities, shoot, move, communicate, um, you know, do some type of counterinsurgency, those types of missions, the seal delivery vehicle mission. That's the one mission that is very unique to the seals and the seals only. So real quick, sorry, just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, no, it's all good. Uh, And a lot of times, like when I'm on stage, I'll have a picture up there and I'll try to explain what it's like to be in the back of one of those things where you're like you and three of your best friends are like, you know, shoulder to shoulder. And then there's a wall here and then there's someone in your lap and then you have a regulator in your mouth and you're trying to breathe and you can't communicate. The only way you can communicate is like through a squeeze. And the way you talk to the people in the front is through this little light button right here. And, uh, and so I, I use that to kind of demonstrate, like when I talk about shoot, move and communicate or multitasking or things like that, like communication ha- always has to be two way and it has to be, uh, clear and concise and easy to understand three words or less or no words, um, at times no words. in order to get your yeah. point across. So, sign language, exactly. Just to get your get your point across, uh, but it, it comes with you know working together and things like that. So I, I did that team. Uh, then I went to SEAL Team Ten. I was a platoon chief. I was the troop chief. I was the uh, ops uh, senior chief there. Then I went for, to the, to WarCom to the headquarters. 
Uh, and then from there, I went out to back to SDV out of here in Hawaii. Uh, and then I retired out of the, the headquarters here in Hawaii, where my last job in the Navy was I was the science and technology director, where I went out and found $16 million of other people's money to solve <laughs> operational deficiencies that we had here uh, here in Hawaii. You know, I you know helped create things from quantum cascading lasers to different kind of inflatable technologies to underwater communication systems where we can communicate from you know underwater to over the horizon in different different ways like that uh so that was pretty wow. cool i then i retired and you know this was a big struggle for me as i was in absolute denial about retiring or being not being in the military anymore i was returning yep. emails on my blackberry the day before my retirement date and I'm like, like other guys are like, I'm out, peace out. I'm going to go do my thing. And I'm still like doing stuff because I didn't want to leave. That's all I've ever known my entire adult life was, was the military. And, uh, and so it was like when I stepped out of the military, it was like if you've ever seen the movie The Avengers where Thanos like snaps his fingers and half the world's population goes away. That's yeah. exactly what happened to me. That was like I, I say I lose like in that instant I lost my 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 purpose, I lost my mission, and I lost my team. And I had a pretty badass purpose, mission, and team. It didn't matter where I was in the SEAL teams, whether I was on the team, uh, in a platoon, at the headquarters, because I, I went from like bottom to top to, to teams across the board. And, uh, and it didn't matter what my role was. I still had purpose, mission, and team. And so as soon as that day hit, I lost all of it. Uh, I was also struggling with some other things like, you know, some not so awesome relationships, uh, maybe some occupational stuff that was going on. And uh, so I would pretty much just drink myself to sleep at night. Um, mm -hmm. Or you, you can phrase it a different way, drink until I passed out. Who knows really how you, how you uh, phrase that or frame it. Um, and I had heard about this molecule called CBD. Uh, ooh, let me back up just a little bit. So I, first, I, so I got out, I started my own kind of consulting company, helping uh, companies navigate the military acquisition system. And what I found, I was pretty good at that and finding other people's money. $16 million is pretty good, uh, pretty good chunk of money yeah. and, uh, and, and helped a lot of companies out. And so my plan was to get out, find companies that had technology that the military could use that might meet some sort of operational requirement or um, operational deficiency. But maybe your, your technology isn't quite ready for prime time. I can help get it in front of the right people, help find sponsors, and then help find money to bring it up to, you know, really to, to, to meet an operational need or, or, or gap. And, uh, and what I found is uh, I called myself a consultant, and, and so many companies were like, we hate consultants. Uh, consultants <laughs> are criminals. Uh, you can suck up to that. Shit. Um, and, uh, but then they were like, but you know what? We like you. So here, we'll make a deal. You can go and sell our widget you can go sell this thing right here and if you sell enough of them we'll pay you a commission oh, so sales. you want me to just like <laughs> travel around and like meet people and you're not going to pay me but if they buy it you might pay me a commission like well that's not a very good business plan I'm, I, that's great for you that doesn't work for yeah. me um so I'm like, that's not how it works. Sorry. And by the way, your, your widget sucks. Like we can talk about like making it better <laughs> anyway. Um, so I had to like, so I was like, I did, I actually did okay in that world, but I didn't like the grind. I wasn't prepared for so much like negativity, like coming straight in my face. Cause I was used to being successful and providing mm. value everywhere I went from the mm. military perspective. 
And now, mm -hmm. now I, I don't have that military perspective anymore. Now I'm just a regular whatever. Uh, and I guess many other guys <laughs> had come before me and they were like taking a lot of money, but not providing the value. And so, um, so that was, you know, that put more, more baggage, you know, gave me more baggage to carry around. Uh, and then, you know, I had heard about this molecule called CBD um, and I was afraid to try it because it comes from marijuana. And uh, that that dangerous <laughs> plant out there, yeah, Lord. the wacky weed. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and and so I, was, I I I thought I wanted to try it. I'd heard a lot of stuff about it while I was on active duty. Still, before it was federally legal, and I didn't even know that at the time. Um, but I knew I wasn't going to like risk my 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 top secret clearance or my the rest of my career uh, to try mm -hmm. it to like help help me. And so I, eventually, I got out. I was back in Virginia Beach uh, taking care of some business. I had uh, lunch with a, with a former teammate of mine. And I said, after lunch, I was like, hey, I, I'm going to go see if I can find some CBD here in Virginia Beach because maybe what you have in Virginia is better than what we, ha what we have in Hawaii. Not knowing anything. And he was like, if you want CBD, I've got some back at the house. So uh, some companies gave him some bottles. He gave me a bottle. And maybe that night I slept a little bit better. Uh, maybe I was a little less pissed off the next day. Not really sure. Uh, but I finished that bottle not really noticing any like a, like any giant changes in my life. Uh, but when I did a little bit of looking back at where I was and who I was is, you know, I like to say that water boils at 212 degrees and I was probably living my life at like 210 degrees. So it didn't take much for me to hit that boiling point. And so, but I noticed over time, I went from like 210 to 205 to 200 to 195 to 190, maybe 185. I got out of that red zone and more of a, like kind of an orange zone. Uh, and just what I noticed is my, my fuse just got longer. And so, uh, and then I ran out and, and I started getting closer to that boiling point and like aches and pains that I struggle with every day were like coming back more. And it was interesting. This, that wasn't the things that I noticed that were, it was, the, I noticed that things weren't as bad, but I only noticed that when they started getting bad again. Mm. And so, and that was like, maybe CBD was like some sort of placebo thing. I have no idea. Uh, so I tried a different brand. I had similar results. I'm like, I want to be a part of this industry somehow. And so I was at a business conference. I met someone in the CBD industry and, and I said, Hey, I want to like, I want to like, really, I wanted her to hire, hire me because I'm still looking for my purpose, my mission and my team. And so, um, but she was, she wasn't ready for that. She was like, so do you want to do A to B, A, A to B, B to B or B to C? And I was like, I don't know what that means. I want to do C, B, D. Uh, she, was, she was like, okay, um, why don't you just start your own CBD company? And I said, I don't know how to do that. She said, you are a Navy SEAL. You can figure it out. And I asked her for my man card back politely, and she gave it back to me to never give up again. I put it back in my pocket. And uh, so I started researching the industry. I found it's very dirty. So our mission, so I was like, okay, I'll, I'll you know, Google how to start a CBD company. And so, <clears throat> so I started Naked Warrior Recovery, primary mission, highest quality CBD on the planet. I partnered with, you know, extremely high quality uh, suppliers. You know, they were leading the, they were leading uh the they were leading the industry in in quality you know the biggest names that you might see out there did not have the same quality control as, as the suppliers that i have so no brainer highest quality on the, on the market we're going to focus on a broad spectrum 
product where you still get all the minor cannabinoids and terpenes from the from the hemp plant, uh, but we'll extract that little molecule called THC so that people don't have to worry about drug testing and things like that. And uh, so that was our, our niche, uh, what I thought. But then, you know, someone said, well, what's your bigger purpose? And I was like, I don't know. I like, need to figure this out. And so I looked back at myself. I looked at where I came from. I looked at, you know, my, my past and I'm a veteran. And then I saw the metric that 22 veterans take their lives every single day. So our mission at Naked Warrior Recovery became 22 to zero. Whatever we can do, tw- CBD was a modality that, that greatly impacted my life in a positive way. So like r- right now I use C- CBD as, as a modality for me. My dad is also one of those 22. So it became a more personal mission, uh, you know, not just a company mission, but a personal mission at Naked Warrior Recovery to support veterans and first responders to get this, uh, you know, this number from 22 to zero. I don't even know what it is for, for first responders, but I've had lots of conversations. I was on a podcast yesterday with a guy. He was like, I was on a bridge, you know, ready to step off and all the things, you know, he was a firefighter and all the things that were going through my mind. And I was like, bro, thank you for, you know, making the right decision. And Mm. so, um, so CBD is a modality, but that's only a part of it. And so, uh, to get to the five seal secrets is this, this, uh, I don't know how to market. They didn't teach us that really in the SEAL teams. And so they, they didn't teach us how to run a business. They didn't teach us, like, there's so many things I didn't learn. Um, and, and so invoices and all this other stuff uh, should have been a supply guy. But um, as I'm, like, trying to figure out how to do this marketing thing, I hired a business coach, and I hired another coach, and, you know, several coaches along the way to help teach me how to do stuff. Because what I realized is, you know, in the SEAL teams, if we don't know how to do something, we go hire someone to teach us how to do it. We go find the best person in the world. We hire them. They teach us how to do it. And then we apply that skill set to our tactics, techniques, and procedures. And it may affect, like, change the way we do business. So, um, like, why am I not doing that here in the, in the civilian world if it worked for us over there? I mean, income was an issue also with, you know, because, you know, military retirement is not very much money. It's like beer money at the end of the day. Um, <laughs> And so, uh, and so I'm, I'm, I'm going through these, you know, different kind of business things. I'm trying to like market, you know, my product, uh, on social media. And then, you know, Facebook like deletes three of my accounts before I realized that CBD is an, is an illicit product. I'm like, what really? Um, so I had to be, become more creative in the way that I put the word out. And so what I found is podcasts is a really good, my, one of my coaches was like, be unrealistic in like, you know, the biggest name podcast to get on. And this was probably a year and a half ago, two, it was two years ago, actually. It was right after the first time I did the Hudson, the swim across the Hudson River. And in uh, about six months later, I finally like started doing it. And since then, I've been on about a 350 podcasts in the last 18 Jeez. months. Um, wow. I, I do it a lot. I, some, like, I have another one today and I've got some coaching calls <laughs> and I've got some other stuff today. Um, but uh, so, so I, I get out there and, and I do that. So it's a lot of word of mouth, a lot of, you know, a lot of that, but I also had another, uh, another coach and he was just like teaching us like tactical stuff on, on the business side. And he, at some point he said, everyone in this, and he kept asking me, do you do coaching? I was like, no, no one, what do I need? To, what, what are people going to get from me? And so <laughs> that started this whole other like uh, rabbit hole that I kind of did a deep dive in because at some point, you know, my coach was like, uh, uh, everyone in this group needs to have a signature presentation. It's a presentation. It's like your TED talk. 
you can do it mm -hmm. for, you could get on stage and you can do it in 10 minutes or you can do it in an hour and a half. Like you're an expert in this thing that you're going to talk about. And so I already kind of had this get naked mindset idea out there where I would talk about like, you know, what get naked to me was all about like taking off my ego, taking off this baggage that I'm carrying around, taking off this armor that I'm wearing when I go into combat every single day in my personal life, taking that off, uh, becoming, you know, exposing myself, becoming vulnerable so that I can actually find the healing that I need in order to move forward in life and start to grow again and like, you know, uncover these festering wounds so that you can actually apply medical aid. And so, um, so that was the, the thought process behind it. And so I was like, well, why don't I turn it into an acronym? And so, uh, the way I did that is I, you know, I basically, I was going to do get naked all as, as, a. Uh, uh, as an acronym, but it came kind of, you know, kind of long and it certainly, I couldn't shove it all into 10 minutes. So I just did naked. And so, and because, you know, in the military, we like our, we like our acronyms. Yes, uh, tell a lot of stuff. <laughs> just, just a little bit, just a little bit. Just <laughs> and so naked. So it was like, okay, it's uh, the way I came up with it. I was like words that start with in and like, da, 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 da. <laughs> like, what do I want it? What do I want my message to be until I like right. crafted the message. And so, you know, get naked is about taking action. Um, but naked stands for the N stands for never quit. The A stands for accept failure. The K stands for kill mediocrity. The E is expose your fears and the D is do the work. And so now I, every time I find an opportunity to get on stage or go speak to a, a company, I, I do that and, and hopefully get paid a little bit for it as well. Um, but I've also turned that into a, you know, somewhat of a one-on-one -on -one coaching program that I do now for CEOs, entrepreneurs, different leaderships in organizations. And I'm going to start doing maybe some, some, some group coaching as well. Um, yeah. Right on, man. So right that's on. how I got, it was like a very, it was like not a straight path to get where I am today. If you did like a year and a half ago, if you'd have said, Hey, you're going to be coaching and you're going to be standing on stages talking about getting naked. I would have said, uh, you've been, you've been smoking some funny stuff over there, but, uh, <laughs> you know, like it's, it, it's funny. Like my entire life, never have I ever wanted to be in sales. Never have I wanted to be a public speaker and never have I wanted to like coach people through stuff because i'm like what do i have to offer you know the whole yeah. imposter syndrome yeah. and so yeah. now that's all i want to do all i want to do is i want to stand on stage and speak all i want to do is is uh coach people to get them better so they can build their teams into you know bigger more making more money along the way um improve their personal lives and their professional lives and sell cbd to help veterans first responders and anyone else that's out there that uh yeah. is looking to uh, get a little uh, more control over their anxiety or pain. Nice. Well, congratulations for getting to this point. I mean, because like you, you know, you started this story. Oh, absolutely, you're start. I mean, I just feel, you know, the the passion coming out of you right now. And, and it took a lot. You know, it's it's how long you've been out of the service? Um, four years. Yeah. Okay. So four years. So it's take. You know, so it sounds like you know, kind of stumbled the first two years, and the last two years you started taking action. Right, which right. is which is actually part of uh, um, your, your acronym here, which we're going to dive into. But then it's like, and then you, I can feel it, right, John? I'm sure you can feel it. Everyone listening right now, you can feel the passion or the purpose. You can feel the mission. Now you have a team as well, um, and and like and and you're working from this place of service, trying to help people. I mean, so yeah, again, just congratulations. It's beautiful to see you make this transition, you know, and not fall victim to you know alcohol or, or be one of those 22, which. You know, John have had and John and I have had other veterans on the show and that and John himself like 
struggling with that transition period, you know, coming out of the service after like decades uh, of being in the service, it's not the easiest thing to do. Um, so again, uh, last time, congratulations on that. And um, where should we get, John, let's, uh, I think, why don't we, I want to break down those ingredients, but I thought yeah. it'd be nice just for our audience to talk about or to hear like, you know, why is you know, vulnerability mindset and, and actually living it? Like, why is it so powerful? And also maybe start with uh, why is vulnerability like so scary for most people? I thought it would be uh, in your experience. Is that for me or for John? No, I'm sorry. That's for you. And that's for you. I'm sorry. That's, that's for Will. Yeah, that's for our guest. <laughs> sorry. So I, I think, you know, for me, I've never... I, you know, I say I grew up like kind of with a mediocre mindset, but I also had this mindset of like, I don't want to, uh, I was picked on a lot as a kid, I think. Um, I don't want to uh, appear weak in any, any way, like mentally weak, physically weak or, or anything like that. Um, and then I joined the, the SEAL teams again, don't, you don't want to show weakness there because they could eat you for, for lunch. Um, it's also, but there's also a good part of that where you have, you know, these young guys, like me as an older, older senior enlisted guy, I would still try to beat the young guys in everything that we did. Hmm. Uh, and part of that was holding them accountable, bringing them up to whatever level I was at. But also if I ever slipped, they would hold me accountable very, very quickly. And so that was, you know, I think that's a great culture to have in an organization where you're bringing one another up and you're holding one another accountable to, to meet the mission uh, and meet the expectation of that, that everyone ex expects of you. Um, and it wasn't until, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to say his name, but I remember there was a senior enlisted guy in the teams that was like, Hey man, I'm struggling with some, some stuff. So I'm going to go mm -hmm. to a shrink and talk to him about it. And I was like, you're, mm -hmm. you're going to die. Um, you're never going to operate again. They're like going to like take your clearance. You're like, you're screwed. Um, mm -hmm. And it didn't happen that way. It was, you know, he has a, a very good reputation in the teams uh, and he was operating again. And I was like, what happened? And so that was my first real like glimpse into someone being vulnerable and saying, hey, I need help, like raise my hand. And what I found yeah. over time is it's so, it takes so much more courage and bravery to ask for help than it does yeah. to just sit there and wallow in your own, uh, your own mess. Uh, so, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting. And then, you know, I, I still struggle with that. I'm much better mm -hmm. now about asking for help or asking to come on a show or, or whatever. Normally I would never not really do that, but I've had to like, you know, take my ego off a little bit and, yeah. and, and ask yeah. for help. And someone said once upon a time, I think it was on a, uh, what's that like online. It was an app on your phone, uh, com community space. It was only audio. I forgot the name of it. You got oh, clubhouse. Clubhouse. Yeah. So it was on a, a clubhouse channel and, and there was a, a girl that was like a mindfulness something person. And she was like, so how do you feel when, uh, when someone asks you for help and then you can provide them value? And I was like, I feel pretty mm -hmm. good. She was like, so why are you robbing that joy from someone else helping you? And I was like, dude, why do you gotta be shift. like that? Yeah. It's yeah. a great shift. So I, it's, um, it's something that I always go back to and I, and I think about like, it's okay to ask for help because you're actually helping someone by asking for help. Yeah. yeah. And, and you're helping yourself. And then yeah. ultimately you're going to be better for it. And the people that you work for or with, or the people that work for you are going to be better for it as well. So 
I mean, it, I, I don't really understand why vulnerability has always gotten such a bad rap uh, when the benefits of it and showing it are so huge personally, professionally for you and for those that you surround yourself with. It's uh, it's incredible what it can, what it can do. And, and you know, and I think I, I think some of it also is who do I trust? Like there's a trust factor that goes into being vulnerable yeah. as well. Like sure, I'm not just going to be vulnerable to anyone. Like mm -hmm. I have to trust you in order for me to be vulnerable to you. Um, mm -hmm. And and so so I'm I'm also part of a, an organization called Man Made where we help men become men again. You know we mm -hmm. a lot of times on that kind of vulnerable vulnerability side is if you like the, I think some of the some of the the thought about it is um, if I show weakness then I'm no longer a man. If I have to yeah. ask for help, I'm no longer like I've lost my manhood. I've lost my masculinity. Mm. And there's this whole culture out there about attacking toxic masculinity, whatever that is. Um, mm. I think there's just mm. assholes out there. Masculine is an asshole. There are women who are, you know, have a lot of masculine energy. They're not toxic. Mm. That's just the way they're mm. wired. And that's fine. Right. Um, yeah. Masculinity isn't toxic. And we have to like remove, I think, remove that whole thing. That's not masculinity. That's just assholeness. And so right. get rid of the assholes and have masculine and feminine, uh, you know, people in the world. Right. Yeah. We've talked about that quite a bit on the show, you know, toxic masculinity, what that is, what it isn't. And the fact that toxic masculinity, just like you said, doesn't actually exist. Masculinity right. exists and then toxicity exists, whatever that is. If you're forcing your beliefs on someone else, if it's femininity, if it's uh, t uh, masculinity, if it's your religion, if it's your politics, if you're forcing those beliefs on someone else, that's where it becomes toxic. So I, I love it. Basically, if you're an asshole, you're toxic. Um, <laughs> it's, not, it's not because you're masculine. It's not because you're feminine. Um, so uh, spot on, man. At least that's, uh, that's, I agree with that 100%. Well, two of the things that you mentioned, Will or William, are... Uh, are what we hear very often and a lot of the men and circles that I worked with with men are the two things. It's like, it's, uh, asking for help is a big problem for men, like a really, really big problem. And that's like, and that could be there for anybody that's asking for help as, as a man that's struggling to ask for help. That could be your first kind of foray into vulnerability, just saying, Hey, I need help. Um, right. and then the second one is just, you know, showing no weakness or not being wrong, you know? Uh, are, are, are things that come up typically in that hyper, I like to say hyper masculine space where we're always like that macho kind of mindset where like, show no weakness, always be, always be wrong. And then, you know, even when you are wrong, just fight to sh prove that you're right. Even when you're wrong, it's, it's yeah. insane. Um, but let's go, uh, Let's get a little deeper into into your five ingredients, if you will, and just to go through them again. So naked, N A K E D. So it's never quit, accept failure, kill uh, mediocrity, uh, which I really enjoy. Expose your fears, and the last one is do the work. Um, you know, in never quit. Uh, I'm just going to quote you. Say, uh, I oh this actually this is a, a part of the uh, the seals creed. I will never quit. I persevere and thrive on adversity. You know, how helpful was this mantra, you know, going through buds and, and in combat and when everything else is and seemingly kind of goes wrong, like to kind of access more of this never quit attitude. And, and so please, if you could fill us in a little bit. So the, so that, so that, that seal creed did not exist when I went through uh, seal training. It didn't exist oh, until we actually, uh, until we started deploying, Guys were coming back from combat. They were getting in trouble, DUIs, 
firefights, whatever. And, mm. uh, and so a, a group of, of leaders, officer and enlisted, went out to San Clemente Island and they're like, what do we stand for? What are our, what are our ingredients in the SEAL teams? And right. so, so now guys coming out of BUDS, they know this, you know, by heart verbatim. And, um, and so again, kind of when I was like looking back, like, what is my message? What do I want it to be? And I want it to resonate from my background as a SEAL uh, to take those lessons and share them with other people. You know, I, I just went through the SEAL creed and I was like, what can I extract from there that really represents what, what we're talking about with these five SEAL secrets and getting naked? And so, but yeah, that whole never quit, it's, you know, everyone talks about ne never quitting. Everyone talks about don't quit, just keep going, whatever. No one ever hmm. tells you how to do it. Yeah. And so what I say is, is I say, take this thing that you're trying to do, whether it's uh, you, whether it's a project, a program, you're starting a company, you want to mm. get a degree, you want to whatever, create small victories. And that's the trick. That's the trick is to create these small victories along the way. Uh, and then, you know, chop that thing up into bite sized pieces, things that you know you can accomplish, and then attack that one thing every single day until it eventually you've completed the thing or you've gotten where you wanted to be and you can shift mm. and, and go somewhere else. And I, you know, I, a lot of times I equate it to hell week, which is five and a half days where you're cold, you're wet, you're miserable in SEAL training. Uh, it's the most popular uh, week of all military training. Like I've talked to people all over the world and they know what hell week is um, or they have an idea and they think that all of SEAL training is hell week. It's just one week, but it's, you know, it's, it's a nonstop week. And so one thing is constant during that week is they feed you four times a day. No matter what, they're going to feed you four times a day. So it doesn't matter how much it yeah. sucks, how miserable you are, how terrible you feel, how bad your legs hurt or your lungs hurt or your head hurts from carrying that boat on your head or you're jackhammering there in the surf zone. All you got to do is make it to that next meal. You know this, this is going to end and I'm going to eat soon. So all you got to do is just make it to that next meal all the way through hell week. And so uh, last week, you know, with this man-made organization that I'm a part of, we climbed uh, Grand Teton. I oh, live yeah, at sea right. level. I live at sea <laughs> level. That was 13,300 feet. Uh, we did it no in joke. 18 hours round trip from parking lot to summit back to parking lot. Um, wow. um, and, and so when we got to altitude, I was suffering. Everyone else that was there, they live, they live in Wyoming. So they're already like, they have an advantage of breathing thin air all the mm. time. And so I'm in pretty good shape and I was struggling. I was like, one more step, one more step. They're like up there. I'm like, I just got to make it to where they are. Okay. I just got to make it like, so I was just creating the small victories. And let me tell you, that was hard. Uh, yeah. and it, you know, it was hard on the way up. It was hard on the way down. And Real the cool. guide that we had was a stud. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. So, I just got to put a plug in for my buddy, Andy Reese, who I'm challenging. In the oh, half <laughs> <laughs> uh, he lives in uh, Houston, which I don't know, probably 400 feet above sea level. And uh, I live here in Colorado Springs at 7,500 feet. So Andy, this is a little plug for you, man. I'm coming for you. Andy, <laughs> yeah. Andy, my house, Andy, high Andy breathe out of a straw when you run. <laughs> you yeah, because that's no, what seriously. it's like. And like, put a, yeah, I, we should talk. <laughs> oh, he's an army guy. No, he's an army guy. Like we gotta, you know. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm maybe like, yeah, I can see the ocean. So I'm for sure at sea level. Uh, I'm above sea level, but not very much. But uh, yeah, so that was, that was like, it was like one more step, one more, like one more bend, yeah. like just one more, one more, one more. And the guy that was like 
it took us 18 hours. The guy that was leading us, the fastest he's done it is five hours, eight minutes, and 20 seconds. Holy cow. Round trip. The guy was a, he was like, has a diesel engine with a never ending fuel tank. Like, I don't, wow. he was like, he drank like a quart of water the whole time. I drank like two and a half gallons, filling up in little springs and stuff and electrolytes and all this other stuff. And I'm like, and uh, he's like, man, you pee a lot. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hydrating over here. I'm I trying to make lot. it through this thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so there was a ton of lessons just from that, that experience alone. And then, you know, the next two days we, we sat down and like, we did something hard. And what was really cool from that is, and I'm off subject a little bit, but what was cool from that is like immediately the Josh, the guy who, who I, we should totally bring on the podcast. Uh, I'll make the introduction. Yeah, please. Um, his, his dad was like, okay, what lessons did you learn? I slept one hour the night before we started climbing at midnight. We finished at 6 PM and, um, now we're eating dinner and you want to talk about lessons learned. Okay. Here's some lessons. And so, but it was cool. Like it's like, it's like a, like a debrief. You, you finish AAR, yeah. you finish, mm-hmm. you finish an op, you come back. doesn't matter how tired you are. You do the debrief right away. And then you like take care of the rest of, of business. We at least took a shower and he made dinner and, and, and we got after it. But you know, that was, that's, you know, really what the, the never quit is all about is just creating those small victories along the way until you get where you want to yeah. go. Yeah. And that's a way also what I've learned is like kind of managing the ego a little bit because the ego is going to be like, oh, it's taking too long. You know, you're going to you're going to be really easily frustrated. You're going to be battling uh, with your lack of patience, but having these little victories, you know, along the way, one step at a time. Like I actually worked with this one particular system uh, where instead of like a one year goal, it's 90 days and you can definitely manage and be more strategic and feel you know, more satisfied working in this 90 day paradigm instead of something like a longer year. I mean, you can still work for that year, but you can chunk it and reverse engineer into like 90 days, three months, and even getting more granular into the month, into the week. And then after that week, you know, put all that time in and you go back and kind of reflect on what you've accomplished. Right. And it just like, it keeps you motivated. So I like that, like these little steps, these little moments of accomplishment, just to kind of like, keep that mojo going and to keep yourself motivated. So awesome. I love the, the never quit in naked. Uh, John, we'll go to the next one. You want me to jump in on that? Let's talk about uh, accepting failure and, you know, how important that is that, that, that a in naked accepting failure. uh, Yeah. So hundred percent. Yeah. So like, like you read at the beginning of the show, failure has been the biggest teacher of my life. You can tell me how to do it. And I, and, yeah. and I can go do it. And I'm not sure if that's quite right. I got to try it my way um, to make sure. Or there's so many other ways that I failed. I, you know, failure is a good thing. I like, I was talking to someone about this one day and she was like, you know, most people try to hide their failures. I put my failures on a wall, like one of these plaques. Like there's so much failure in like the, the knowledge and the, the stuff that mm. is going on behind me. Like failure is what equals success i look at failure as like creating this foundation you know you have this wall that you're trying to get over i failed i failed i failed pretty soon i you know the foundation is so deep i can just hop over the wall or it's a rung in the yeah. ladder it's however you, you however you want to kind of think about it whatever meme you can make out of it those failures like i'm i am not a naturally gifted athlete uh i'm not naturally smart i'm not naturally nothing in my life comes from natural gifts. Like the guy, the guy that took us to the top of the mountain and back, he has natural gifts, but he also feeds into those gifts and makes them better. I got none of that. 
I'm just like struggle the whole time. All right, fail, fail, fail. Oh, dude, I did it. And people are like, oh, you like that was so easy for you. No, let me show you where I started. Like it's been four right. years for me to get to where I am today. Fail, fail, failure, right. failure, failure, success. I mean, there are different, different levels of success. But I mean, right. I think it's, like for me, kind of going back to that small victory, when you guys were like, okay, we got time for you in three months. I'm like, okay, awesome. <laughs> That, like yeah. those are, but it was like there was so many failures along the way. But part of those failures were like, okay, another podcast, another podcast. Refine what you're going to say. Refine how you think about right. stuff. Be asked yeah. hard questions that you might not have the answer to to make you go back and think about how you would answer that question the next time. Um, mm. But failure, like 100%, it is is by far my biggest teacher, hands down. And I, you know, I. Like I think like combat swimmer, like you're when you dive underwater and all you have to navigate where you're going to go is a compass, a depth gauge and a watch. The watch is to tell you how long you've been swimming in a certain direction and you know how hard you kick. And so if you don't mm. trust the things that you're the tools in your hand, you're going to fail. And so I had to fail a lot before I would actually trust that that compass is telling me exactly where I need to go. Like follow the compass. Don't do your own thing. Do mm. the like the path that's it's set there in front of you. Yeah, we have a saying um, in, the, in the teams, plan your dive and dive your plan. Um, and that's basically have, have a plan and try to stick to that plan as best as possible because uh, very often people will get freaked out and immediately divert from the plan when they could have stuck to the plan and they would have had success. Uh, but the, also the, uh, the failure and you know fail 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 and then succeed and people just see that succeed it always reminds me of that meme that i'm sure everyone has seen it's like the iceberg and the iceberg is just barely sticking out of the water and that piece that's sticking out of the water is what everyone sees that's yeah. the success but everything else that that iceberg is built on is underneath that water that nobody sees and it is that yeah. failure and trying and trying and trying again and that's what we've got to do so you've got to accept failure um there's a great talk that I've listened to where it's Arnold Schwarzenegger talking about. It. He's like, Hey, you can't be afraid to try. You, you know, can't be afraid, afraid of failure because if you're afraid of failure, you're not going to do anything. Um, so right. I love, I love the accept failure part of, of naked N A K E D E D. Well, well, failure and success are like two sides of the same coin. I mean, you can't have success without failing. Right. And you, and you can't fail, you know, if you fail and fail enough and you keep showing up. And I think what's really key, what you're saying, William and John, you know, you've got to learn. you got to go back and reflect, like, how can I do things better? Like and take all that. Like I've embarrassed myself tremendously throughout my life, you know, um, in order to have the experience, kind of have a trial by fire kind of way of doing things, because I knew like as I get through that fire and on the other side, I knew it can never get as worse than that. And I just kept stepping up, like you said, and getting better and growing. Um, it will. Me, like, yeah. you also... All right. All right. Today is one of those days where we are having uh, issues with connectivity. We're having issues with all sorts of things. But you know what? The show is raw, uncut and unapologetic. And we just roll with the punches here at Men Talking Mindfulness. So we were just wrapping up with our guest, William Branham, 26 year Navy SEAL, now CEO of Naked Warrior Recovery and uh, CEO of Five Seal Secrets. And the latter part is what we're going through right now, but it's tied to Naked Warrior Recovery in that the Five Seal Secrets, 
he's put into an acronym N-A-K-E-D, naked, N-A-K-E-D. And we just wrapped up the N for never quit, the A for accepting failure. And now Will and I, without William, um, just because he's busy and, and got things going on, we're going to talk about the K, the E, and the D. So K yeah. is kill mediocrity. Let's. Uh, you mm-hmm. want to jump into that, Will? Yeah. Um, yeah. So killing me- mediocrity, and this is you know I'm going to kind of working off the notes here. I imagine William is there, but I think between John and I, we can definitely figure this all out. Um, you know, so actually, in, in William has a really wonderful. Um, portfolio or PDF that it kind of puts out that kind of explains and breaks down uh, the philosophy of, of getting naked, which is really all about accessing vulnerability and using vulnerability as a tool or to help you to succeed. Uh, and also to, you know, kind of move through the, some of the challenges of, of, of doing something new. Uh, so in Kill Mediocrity, he, he states in, in this PDF, um, you know, you, sir, you, we are surrounded by mediocrity every day, which, which I've definitely have experienced that, um, you know, and, and I'll ask you, John, and maybe we can figure it out between the two of us. I, this is my question. You know, what are the different shapes and forms of this daily mediocrity that surrounds us? So what does that look like for you, John? Yeah, what have you well, experienced well, in the past? I, I have. I mean, I, I, I've personally been mediocre at best at times. Um, I think we we all um, do let ourselves slide at times, and we we accept mediocrity. We accept mediocrity in ourselves. We accept mediocrity in those that we work with. We accept mediocrity in our relationships, on both ends of the relationship, ourselves in a relationship, mm. what we give, and what we get from a relationship. And um, I think where where Williams K kill mediocrity comes into play is that we need to just take a step forward and do something, do something about it. Mm. That's how, that's how you mm. kill mediocrity is you get started. There's yeah. often, and it comes back to, you know, the, some of the goals that we were talking about before, how we're overwhelmed by goals. And William talked about breaking those goals down into the little digestible chunks. And I talk about that in some of my keynotes as well. The, yeah. the, the fear of getting started keeps us in that mediocrity the fear, fear of mm. doing something. And then once you just get started, you, you become exceptional pretty quickly. And yeah. you, you become more exceptional every day that you put in an effort, whether that's in physical training, whether that's in mental training, meditation, mindfulness, uh, whether that's at, at work or whether that's as a, a, you know, a family member, a father, a husband, a, a mother, daughter, whatever. Um, there is exceptional, exceptionality to be had but it takes taking that first step. So that's what it is to me. Yeah. One thing that, uh, uh, when this, when I read this particular part, I think really is super key is what is influencing you in negative or positive way. And a lot of that comes down to, we've said it many times before, and I'm sure you've heard it, whoever's listening out there, like you're the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. And if you're around people that are always complaining, that are just always mediocre or, you know, living through mediocrity, not maximizing their time and their, this, this opportunity that we have in this human form, if you will, you know, to really go out and do something great. So we all have that ability, but it's really, this is a really big key, the mediocrity, because, you know, I know the people that, and I've fallen into this trap too, 
people that live through mediocrity are typically complaining and, you know, playing the victim and never victim. taking that step forward. Right. Victimhood. Right. It's just like, oh, yeah. well, because I mean, just think William could have played that card forever of coming from a very poor upbringing. And it's like, oh, the world is shitty. You know, I grew up this way. I'm never going to. And he could have just complained his way into a, a meager and mediocrity, mediocrity, or mediocre, uh, mediocre existence. But instead, he took some first steps. He started to ask for help. I mean, he needed to ask for a lot of help. John and I needed to ask for a lot of help in order to get where we are today and also access in that aspect of vulnerability, which is, which is, you know, it is, it is such a powerful resource, that vulnerability, and then that taking that step forward and asking for that help. Um, you know, one thing that helped me, John, uh, was getting very clear about who, and William talked about this, who you can trust, right? Who can you yeah. trust Right. That is going to hold you accountable to say, I'm going to get up at six o'clock in the morning and go for that run. Or I'm going to get up at six o'clock and write a thousand words for my book. Um, and also, who can you trust when things don't go so well? And and just like we said earlier, when you begin to access and experience that failure and who can you talk to? Right. That can help, like, you know, sort out your mind a little bit and encourage you to take that next step instead of, you know, like you know, playing more video games or, 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 you know, going to having that, ne that next drink or something like that. So those are things that come up with me for mediocrity. And it's really like, who are you surrounding yourself with? But it's not just the people. Uh, it could be like, what is, what media are you continually intaking? You know, is it just like fun yeah. doom scrolling and, mm -hmm. and like wasting your time with that? Uh, or are you like using these devices like YouTube? Like I watch surfing and basketball videos and wonderful animal stuff. All the, my Instagram is tailored to, to continually inspire me and motivate me and get you out and see great things. And right. you can use those tools and manipulate the algorithm to work for you instead of it work, you working for it. Um, right. so yeah. Um, should we go to the next one, John, yeah, or anything so, you want to kind of follow up yeah. on that? Nope. I think you nailed it, man. I, that's a, that's good. And, and some of the stuff I think we're going to talk about that were that we could talk about in killing mediocrity can still come up in mm -hmm. the, the other last yeah. two letters of the naked acronym E E is for exposing your fears. And mm -hmm. Willie in, in his document says uh, the best way to expose and overcome them is to do things that scare you. And uh, I know many people have said, Hey, do at least one thing every day that scares you. I mean, mm. I remember the, the first few episodes that we did of men talking mindfulness, <laughs> doing it live, scared me. Um, and, and even even today, right, uh, as we were kind of fumbling through the, the tech problems that we were having at the beginning, uh, and then and then we had some tech problems in between. Hey, that that scares me in, in a weird way. Right. Hey, but we do it anyway. Being scared yeah. and doing it anyway. That's courage not the lack of fear. And I know Mark Twain has said that um, or something to that effect. But I, I tell my little girl, my, my five-year-old little girl, uh, when she's scared of doing something, she's, she says, um, you know, something to like, I'm a coward. She, and I'm like, no, Aww. being scared doesn't mean you're a coward. And yeah. yeah, the fact, well, the fact that she knows that word at five years old is sad, but she does. And uh, nah. I'm like, hey, being scared is normal. You know, that's mm. that's totally normal. But overcoming that being scared, that's that's where you really become brave. And she's overcome, yeah. uh, you know, being scared of a whole lot of things uh, through her five years of life. 
And I know she's going to yeah. overcome a lot more throughout her life, just as we have. But that's where mm -hmm. uh, I think we've got to expose our fears on a regular basis, attack fear. And, and uh, you know, Stephen Kotler even talks about this in The Art mm -hmm. of the Impossible, about how powerful fear can be. Um, yeah. Now, there's, you know, sometimes fear is there for a reason and it keeps us alive. Uh, mm. So you don't want to just like go jump off a cliff or something because you're scared of it. <laughs> That'd be uh, stupid. You do it within reason, uh, but there's also fear can guide you to great things. Um, but you yeah. got to expose those fears. Yeah. Well, even coming back to uh, William's story, like how he stood up for himself in front of you know asking uh, I, I don't know what level chief, this guy was. Naval like, yeah, yeah, chief of naval. Like this is no so, small role. I and mean, this is like a yeah, big dude, that's right? The, that's the senior man or woman um, in the navy. See, like and he's the, the guy that answers the, to the president, the, right? He's yeah, the top the, of the top on the Joint Chiefs. That yeah, that oh, is shit, right. So that is the navy <laughs> representative on the Joint Chiefs of Staff. The senior. Wow. And then he stood up and be like, look, I want to be a, and like in front of everybody. I want to be a SEAL, right? And yeah. that's him, you know, you know, getting one thing, the acronym I really like to uh, help people understand what fear is. It's F-E-A-R, false evidence appearing real, right? So much of it's in our head. So much is of it uh, is the fact that maybe we've been told, no, we can't do this, can't do that most, a lot of our lives. And it's like, what if you talk, like you said earlier, John, having fear be your guide, Right. Joseph yeah. Campbell says where your struggle is where your treasure lies. And if you begin to identify those things that fear you and then kind of break them down into smaller chunks, like if your public speaking is is the, it's been shown or, or researched, that is the second greatest fear to death for people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And uh, and if you just start, you know, say just to break, you know, what it takes to, to be a public speaker is just like doing a little presentation for your family members. You're right, standing right. up and giving five minutes and then maybe it's a larger group and a bigger group and maybe you're actually shooting videos or something like that on something you're passionate about and putting it out there in the world and just taking these little steps and, and realizing as you take these steps and get on the other side, it's like, wow, that fear was bullshit. Like it was yeah. it, like that's and that, that could hold you in a place for decades or years and um, and then just taking that little step or or taking those little like the baby steps to take bigger steps later on, uh, fear doesn't seem like it's such uh, so consuming. What was the acronym uh, so like, again for, for fear? F uh, yeah, false evidence appearing real. F A R. Yeah. I love that because you, know? you know, fear fear itself is not a thing. It's not real. No, it's no. it is it is only driven by the thought of your future. It's driven right. by anxiety over what may happen which a lot of the mm -hmm. time it doesn't happen that way, you know? Right. Uh, so I love that acronym. Uh, but I also like the fact that fear um, and trying to overcome fear, again, courage isn't the lack of fear, but uh, it's overcoming fear. Mm -hmm. Overcoming fear comes from living in the moment, in the here and now. Yeah. And that's how, you know, mm -hmm. mindfulness is so important. It, it helps you to live in the here and now and realize that a lot of the anxieties that we have are because we are fearing the future that may yeah. or may not ever actually happen. Yeah. Yeah. And the feelings and, and like, uh, you know, it could be the embarrassment and all, all the stories and the ideas that we, or the imagination we put into our head of what it can look like. Like it's all just a mental 
construct, right? Driven by emotions, driven by just who we're used to being instead of accessing and literally taking a step forward to what we want to be. And that's when, you know, you can really have a whole domino effect that you're just like snowballing. Oh my God, like what else can I overcome? What else can I do? What other, how dig, you know, can I get dig a little bit deeper and take a bigger step? And it just becomes like almost a game in some ways. So, and one thing that I do, John, for fear, it's like, I, I, when I'm scared of something, I go first. When somebody's like, oh, hey, he wants to go first. I'm like, oh, fuck, dude, don't want to do this, (laughs) but I'm going to go first, you know, and just stepping forward like that and putting yourself on the line uh, it's just like, boom, boom, like you're, you're, you just, I don't know. That's one thing that I learned that, uh, just stepping forward first instead of waiting to be last or something like that. So, right. um, yeah, that's, uh, that's often yeah. where people hide is they, they hide yeah. behind everybody else. And by stepping yeah. forward, even when you don't want to, you are exposing your fears. You're doing the <laughs> E and make it right. So let's, uh, <laughs> let's go to the, the, the D. All right. So N A K E D naked. Never quit. What is it? Uh, never quit. Accept failure. Kill mm. mediocrity. Expose your fears. And we're now at the D. D is for do the work. And yeah. in in um, in the teams, in the SEAL teams, have uh, I would argue that it's not formally until in his career, but that mentality it has existed for forever. And there's a yeah. saying that we have in the SEAL team, and William uh, breaks this down in his five points. I earn your trident every day. The trident is the little uh, emblem that we wear on our mm. chest. Um, it's it's everywhere. <laughs> it's on every book these days. <laughs> like That's written by a Navy SEAL, every movie. Uh, you right. probably know what it looks like. But uh, you have to earn that trident every day. And earn, by earning that trident, what we mean is you've got to wake up in the morning and attack the day. Do the work. Um, and we also have another mm. saying, and this is uh, on, a, on a board at BUDS. BUDS is the SEAL training that we all go through, basic underwater demolition SEAL training. Uh, there's a there's a board that says the only easy day was yesterday. Yeah, and I love that. that it's, yeah, it sounds kind of silly, but it's true. Or at least it's a mindset in that, hey, to, yesterday is gone. Yesterday has gone. Today's right. the only one that exists. And yesterday is easy because it's done. No matter how hard yesterday was, it's done. So now yesterday is easy. And that's the only easy day. Um, every day moving forward is uh, is tough. Um, let's see. We got uh, looks looks like Williams. William may be back. Uh, let's see. I'm seeing chat here from from our EA in the background. I, I don't see him though. Uh, That's all good. Anyway, you know, I'm just going to keep going about yeah. Continue. D- d- do the work. You know, yeah. and it's like you know what he also says is like you know I, I was getting, my question for him was can you elaborate on you know doing the work sel- seldom has instant gratification and this is something that I. I feel it was always kind of been part of our existence like that kind of that need for instant instant gratification but what's even exacerbated this need for instant gratification is social media and like all the dings and you know all the dopamine drips we get from all these different whether it's text messages or likes on you know whatever kind of social platform you're on and like always trying to get that instant gratification where if you're really deep in the work and you're really on a mission that 
you know, no, nothing comes easy. I mean, they, they say like in order to really get to a very successful place at a new entrepreneurial or a new business, it's going to take like seven years. There he is. And hey, <laughs> you're, you're back. And today, um, today is one hell of a show, man. We, we're going all over the place here, but we're right. having a lot of fun with it. And uh, hey, we, uh, we were just wrapping up with your naked acronym. We just got to the we got to the D. That sounds terrible, but we're we're we at the letter D. We <laughs> got the D. You're welcome. We got, well, here's so my question, about, William. Welcome back. You know, if you let thank me, you. If I can, yeah. So hey, so you guys in, were doing a great uh, job, by the way. I was listening, and I'm like, I don't know how to get in. Hello, can I get it back in? <laughs> oh, perfect. Yes, well, thank you, William. I appreciate that. So here's my question to you. Uh, and I was kind of speaking to it. I love to hear your take on this. Obviously, it's like. You know, you say in your little in your PDF and your in your uh, as you describe what it what naked means, you know, can you elaborate on doing the work seldom has instant gratifications? And, you know, why does instant gratification kind of fuck us, if you will? Yeah, I mean, you know, we're. As a society, as a culture, as technology is so awesome, technology yeah. also makes us weak. It makes us mediocre, kind of like, the, mm -hmm. you know, killing mediocrity. And mm. we, we get used to like kind of the TikTok mindset. We get used to uh, that instant gratification. You can order, uh, um, you know, ice cream from Amazon and have it delivered to your house in two hours or less or whatever. Like we have this <laughs> thing, you know, that we like carry around and we can, it can do all sorts of great stuff for us, but it also makes us weak. It makes us just ex like entitled. And that entitlement mm. is you know, one of the things that will destroy us as a society, if we just continue going down that road, you know, there's Maslow's pyramid of hierarchy and uh, you know, we're, we all live at the top. And when we're at that top, there's only one place to go is down if mm -hmm. we're not careful. So we have to continue to do that work to stay at the top. If you want to stay at the top, you got to continue to do the work. It's like, you know, what I was talking about earlier, like climbing that mountain, there were, you got to keep going all the way to the top. There's no instant gratification. Everybody, it would be awesome to just be dropped off at the top. And I was like, dude, I'm up here. I'm looking down at helicopters. I'm looking down at birds. Like only time oh, I'm shit. ever this high up, you know, is when I'm jumping out of an airplane. So mm. no one wants to like do the work to get to the top of the mountain. And so there wasn't that many people out there doing it, but it, it required tenacity. It required grit. It required like pushing my body more than I wanted to push myself to get to that, right. that mountain, that was work. That was doing the work. Hmm. And I wasn't going to get hmm. the rewards for being dropped off at the top. I wasn't going to get the personal rewards. I wasn't going to get anything else. If I didn't actually get out there, train for it, still suffered the entire way up and do the yeah. work and forget about that instant gratification of being dropped off at the top of the mountain. Yeah. And, and by doing the work and doing the hard things, you begin to develop, like uh, you talk about mindset, and and also realizing that it's the distance embrace the suck right by embracing that suck yeah. like yeah. we just you develop this inner courage you develop more of this uh way of of doing things and a mindset of doing things like you know what it's it's going to be tough but i know because of all the experience and history i have from all the hard things i've done like i can get through it Right. And plus, yep. like, you, like you're saying, William, with vulnerability, it's like I can ask for help. 
right? I mean, yeah. what a fucking thought, right? Like, you know, because yeah. I get stuck, you know, that could be at help, help like someone physically picking you up and moving you forward, or that could be someone helping you with some concept you don't understand, you know, on that path, whatever that is. But doing the hard things are what's going to create, get rid of that mediocrity for sure. And it's going to just begin to develop an inner constitution and develop a mindset that it's just like, what the fuck? I'm capable of anything that I put my mind to that I can have patience and be strategic and move forward. So, yeah. And, and, you know, all these, like all these five, I call them the five steel secrets and you can get them at the website five, the number five steel secrets.com, put your name and email awesome. in there. And I'll just Thank email you. you. It comes directly from me, from my email address. Uh, you know, it's, it's the, that PDF that I sent you guys uh, of the five steel secrets and kind of breaks it down the way you guys are talking about. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, all of these, these five secrets, they're, they're, they're interchanged. They all go together. It's like, it's not like you only do one thing. Like there's a lot of times where like one thing will resonate more than another thing, like expose your fears or kill mediocrity or, or whatever, or never quit. Like one thing will resonate more than the others, but they all go together. And if you can incorporate mm, all of right. them into your life every single day, you're, you'll be pretty much unstoppable. You'll be naked. You'll be you'll getting be naked. naked. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, Hey, man, I, I've really enjoyed this show, even with all the snafus. But hey, we're, we are getting naked right here on this show by, you know, flexing and rolling with the punches and having a lot of fun exactly. with it and growing from it. Uh, so, William, thanks so much for being here with us, man. How can people find you? I know you just told us about the Five Seal Secrets website. How can people find you or find out more about your speaking, your Naked Warrior recovery, uh, if they, if they want to know more? I think the, the for speaking and all that other stuff, Go to fivesealsecrets.com. Again, name, just put your name and email and address in there. But if you're interested in CBD, um, go to nw-recovery.com. Someone hijacked my website last night, like that homepage. It was oh, weird. Like, really? it was like Japanese, like a shirt with a bunch of Japanese writing. I was like, what is this? And then it went away. <laughs> so I, so uh, uh, nw-recovery.com. Uh, I'm on mostly, I'm on Instagram and LinkedIn and Facebook. I don't do a lot on there. I post my main platform is, is Instagram. Cause I just had to pick one. Uh, but I yeah. post, you know, across everything from, from, from Instagram to LinkedIn to TikTok and Facebook, uh, same, same sort of stuff. Uh, again, don't we have a discount code? I think I gave you guys a discount yeah. code on a time for, for CBD. <laughs> it might've been, yeah. it, it might've been, uh, uh, MTM 20 or something like that. Yeah. I don't that's remember. Yeah, off that the top sounds of right. Um, yeah. So you can, and I think that's 20% or so, uh, savings. Um, we'll make sure uh, the, the, the correct code is in the show notes when we publish this. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and we're like live mm -hmm. on like 52 different channels right now. MTM 2021. 2021. There, you, there go. you go. Even though it's 2022, we'll just keep it. That's how long it's been for me trying to get on here. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, yeah, I exactly. You mentioned something about, you mentioned setting your goals very high and, you know, setting your goals on the, the best podcast and this is it, right? This is where you set your goal. It was this 100%. podcast that you were referring to. Yeah, hundred percent. It took exactly. a long time this to is get the here. Top of the top. And I'm like, can't we do like do the bro thing and get here earlier? Nope, we're we're growing. We're like, no, dude. we're exclusive. And I'm like, that's awesome. I'm so stoked for you. Can I can I sneak in there for something? <laughs> oh, man, I'm asking for help over here. <laughs> Let's uh let's wrap it up, man. We'll uh we'll wrap it up. Like I said, we bookmarked the show with a practice. We end it with a practice. Um, or start it and end it with a practice. So hold on uh, before we do yeah. that practice. Yeah, that's really quickly. Will. Yes. Did you oh, sing happy birthday you, yet? 
No, we haven't. We got to do it. We got to do it. You ready, William? Here we go. Ready. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear John McCaskill, Navy SEAL, Commander. Happy birthday to you. Man, thank you, mindfulness. Yes. There you go. Happy birthday, John. Thank you, birthday. That was something. That was something else. Uh, that was. That's why you let else. me. That's why I had to get back in. I'm like, I don't know how to get back in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was texting on the Lindsay back end, John. Be like, Yo, William, we need to. We need to fucking do birthday for John. <laughs> oh man. So uh, I'm not so sure if I'm in the right mental. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm in the right mental space to do the grounding practice, but I'm gonna try it. <laughs> well done Except guys failure, my friend Except well, thank you for that all right so let's uh let's go ahead and get into a comfortable space a comfortable and safe space and position whatever that looks like for you and then uh we're just going to do a quick box breathing exercise taking a breath in for a count of four holding it for a count of four letting it go for a count of four holding it for a count of four that's your box and we'll do that four times over. So begin by breathing out as much air as you can, bring your navel to your spine. <sighs> breathing in for four. Hold for four. Three, two, one. Out for four. Three, two, one. Holding empty for four. In for four. Hold for four. Three, two, one. Out for four. Three, two, one. Holding empty for four. In for four. Holding for four. Three, two, one out for four, three, two, one empty for four, three, two, one last one in for four, hold for four, three, two, one, and letting go for four, three, two, one, and empty four. Three, two, and one. And start to bring yourself back into this space this time and move your head around, stretch your neck, and blink your eyes open if they were closed. And that is a wrap. Again, William, thanks so much for being here, man. Even with all the tech glitches, that was, uh, we worked through it. Hey, thanks for carrying the water when I had to step away. And oh, yeah, no worries, yeah, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, it's been a pleasure. And for our listeners, thanks for bearing with us as we kind of splice these two shows together and we make it we make it happen. We make it work. And uh, again, also for our listeners, if you did listen, if you watched, hey, please share this show with uh, with others who may benefit from it. Uh, share Williams's Williams's Williams uh, websites and his companies. Uh, he can help you out if you're a corporate team. He can help you out if you're an individual with the Naked Warrior. Uh, recovery supplements so check that out and uh yeah please share the show until next time 
Will, you got anything else? Your end? You know what? Hey, if you need some financial help, longfg.com, our boy uh, EJ Long out there. So make your money work for you. Hit up EJ Long and find out what you need to do in order to make it happen. And William, I really appreciate you coming. And all this, you know, four years later, you're going to make a massive contribution to the world. Such a pleasure. And we'll have you back sometime, man. Uh, awesome. so thank, thank everybody you for listening. Much. And uh, yeah, peace, everybody. Have a great one. Peace. Joining us today, we hope you walk away with some new tools and insights to guide you on your life journey. New episodes are being published every week, so please join us again for some meaningful discussion. For more information, please check out mentalkingmindfulness.com.